Have you made an honest review? Jump onto fifthwrist.com and read real takes by real owners about their watches. And of course, get involved and write about what's on your wrist. Fifthwrist.com is your independent space to talk watches. Welcome everybody to the Defining Time show on Fifth Wrist Radio. A Fifth Wrist is all about brutally honest watch reviews for the community and it's been set up by enthusiasts and for enthusiasts. So please like and subscribe to the podcast because it all helps and leave a review if you want um, because we do love to get feedback and see how we can improve the, you know, improve the shows, improve the quality for the community. So let us know what you think. Head over and follow Fifth Wrist on Instagram um, and jump onto the website and maybe review one of your watches. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, we're definitely, it's quite interesting as this keeps going on because different people are writing different things about very similar watches. And you start to get a bit of a view on how these watches wear on a daily basis. And I think that's what I'm taking from a lot of these reviews. And we'll talk about a favorite review later in the show. But my name's Anthony, and today I'm joined by two co-hosts. So one is Vinny from Tell Your Time. How are you going, Vinny? Very well, very well. Can I say these intros just keep getting, get like getting better and oh, better? You're too kind. You're too kind. You have to say <laughs> that because otherwise you'll be my ex-co-host if you said that was shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you very much. Thank you. And uh, we have another friend of the show, friend of the, the podcast, also uh, daily contributor to our Slack group, and I'll say it, Vinny. He created our latest mascot emblem for Fifth Wrist, Benoit Petit Seconds. How are you? Hi, guys. I'm great. Thanks a lot for inviting me, and uh, it's great to have the a view from the organized side of the podcast. Since, ah. I've, <laughs> since I've already been on the on the on the totally uh, free out of your head one with yeah. uh, Alex and Rob. So uh, uh, thanks for having me. Uh, no worries. Thank you. No worries. Look, today's going to be a lot of fun. In a minute, we'll do some uh, some wrist checks and drink checks. But the, the topic for discussion today, and this is one that, that I've actually wanted to do for quite a while, and um, it's going to be around ETA movements. And so we're going to talk a little bit about the, you know, just a bit about what we know about ETA. Uh, some parts of the history, it's certainly not going to be a history lesson because I don't actually know that much. Um, but we'll, we'll talk about a few of the key points in time that, were, you know, ETA came in and out, etc. cetera. Uh, and then we go to battle. So the task has been set for three watches each, one under 1K Aussie, one under 5K Aussie, and then one under 10K Aussie. And the rule is all the watches must have an ETA movement. So I'm sure that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really excited about that. But before we do that, uh, maybe we do some wrist checks and drink checks first. So Benoit, what are you wearing on your wrist today and what are you drinking? Um, I am wearing a watch that I have been wearing for a week straight, which is my Anordain the, my, my latest acquisition, which is the Anordain Model 2 with the blue uh, NML Grand Feu Fumé Dial, um, which is, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a real stunner. It's kind of on theme because uh, it's got a Celita movement inside, so a direct competitor of ETA. So, so that's when I've, I'm, I've been a week on vacation now on, on holiday and uh, I've, I received the watch just the day before. And basically, I've been wearing it for my whole uh, 
whole holiday and it's, uh, it's, it's been a great way. There'll be a review coming up soon on Fifth Wrist. So watch out for that. And I am drinking because it's, uh, it was uh, originally 10.30 a.m. when I made the drink. <laughs> <laughs> so, I kind of, so I kind of made a, a homemade cocktail and I just found the name of the cocktail while, uh, while walking. So it's called the Trump Tower. <laughs> basically you have to have some uh, some uh, juice ice cubes so when you juice uh, apple and ginger and make ice cubes out of it which i had in my in, in my refrigerator you take a pint glass put a tower of these ginger apple ice cubes then it's uh, it's uh, apple juice it's uh, perrier the golfer's uh, drink and uh, then just top it off with a with a hint of vodka for the for the Russian part. So you've got apple for New York. You've got the ice cube tower. You've got the ginger color for for Trump, and you've got the Russian for Trump. Too. <laughs> That's very <laughs> so elaborate, so but amazing. So it sounds great. Trump tower. Yeah, and it's a re- it's very a re- it's very refreshing after a dog walk. So it's perfect. I was gonna say a very nice summery drink. Yeah. Very good. And the Anodane. So um, what I, I do want to ask, because it's certainly a watch that, that I'm interested in, what made you buy that watch? Um, <clears throat> I, I, I was, uh, I, I don't know. I think it's just the dial. The dial did it for me. And, and, and when I started uh, looking at Anodane more in detail, I loved all the, all the history behind the brand, what they were doing. And on the Model 2, uh, they also make the hands. So, you know, they're taking one step further from the Model 1 where they only made the dial. And uh, it's a modern piece with a, with a 36 millimeter size. And that is just, that is just refreshing. Because, you know, in, in, all, in all modern watches, you, you, you often find a 39 millimeter, 42 millimeter. It's, it's kind of hefty. And I just thought that on a 36 millimeter size with this dial it would look fantastic and uh, I know it just uh, it just grew on me I found it good value for the money and basically you you can't buy them secondhand because uh, I guess there aren't very many for sale so you basically just have to, to order it from straight from Anodain and uh, it was a, a great new experience for me to to buy from a from an indie brand and it was great communication all the way and uh, just a really enjoyable experience, uh, but I guess it's just the the way the you know the grand enamel, uh, what well, uh, grand feu fumé, uh, just did it for me. It's 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 kind of a like a very rare and 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 wonderful thing in the in the industry. You you don't get very many dials like this, and that's what really true true the watch yeah. to me. I think um, to have Grandfo enamel fume in the same sentence on the same dial, I think is just a, it's an absolute achievement in itself. Um, I do have one question and then we'll move on. Um, is it sometimes hard to tell the time because the minute and hour hands are sort of, they're, they're different sizes, but I'm sure at a quick glance, can they be hard to tell sometimes or not? Uh Absolutely not. And by wearing the watch this week, I do realize that uh, 
they really designed this piece very intelligent, intelligently because the hands are assured, so you can see through, so it leaves more space for, for the dial. And each side of the hand are slightly tilted, so they catch light in a different way. So, no, they're not all flat. So, basically, you, you always have very good legibility. And uh, yeah, and and that's a good point, which I will touch more in the review, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. We'll keep an eye out for the review, but yeah, I love I love hands and seconds hands that sort of tilt a little bit and touch the dial. Um, that's a really good segue into a watch that I'm wearing, Vinny. So I'll just go next, uh, which is my Habring TZ21 on a NATO strap um, that uh, was given to me by another friend of the show, um, Scaramanga. Which uh, which I've really enjoyed popping on today and, and wearing it, but this also has the the seconds hand sort of just tilts in. I know Vinny, you took some beautiful shots uh, about twelve months ago uh, where you could really see the curve and it almost looks like it's touching the dial, but it's not. Um, but also the base caliber of this watch is somewhat has a connection to ETA as well. So even though it's Habring's in-house movement, there are some base plates and things that were um you know inspired by let's say um so yeah and drink drink is a very exciting one for me it's definitely not as elaborate as uh, benoit's but, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> pretty I went, hard to beat that one i think i know i know well when i was uh, out shopping for my non-low carb beer peroni last week <laughs> oh, I, no, uh, oh no oh no i also picked Sorry, up, i didn't mean to laugh sorry that's all right i'm used to it now <laughs> I also picked up a uh, a bottle of Glenfiddich single malt whiskey, fifteen year, um, and I knew I I mean, fifteen years is a nice sort of age, and I knew it was going to be good, but it's actually exceptionally good, and it's very good value for money. It's about a hundred dollars on the nose Aussie for for a fifteen year old single malt, which is really really nice. So I'm drinking that uh, tonight. Would you say it's quite nice? It is quite nice. (laughs) Sounds good. Well done. Um, For me, on the wrist, I'm also going with uh, this episode's theme. I've got my Zodiac Super Seawolf GMT, uh, which has an ETA on it. Um, The actual caliber is the ETA 28932, so middle grade one. Um, Super happy with it. Um, Like Benoit, hasn't left my wrist since I've got it really, um, really enjoying it quite a lot. And then on the drink side of thing, I have pint of Guinness and then a bottle of Pinot Noir sitting next to me as well. So we'll draw that, draw that out as I please. Um, had my first sale to France this week. So I thought, why not celebrate? And also guest Benoit being from France. I thought, why not on theme on both, on both accounts. So yeah. Very is good. it uh, is is it Australian Pinot Noir or do it, what are you? It says product of France, so take that as you oh. will. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, but it, I mean, it's not Burgundy or no, yeah, have a no, just just plain Pinot. Yeah, just Pinot Noir. No, nothing too oh. fancy about it. <laughs> I'm not All a right. wine buff. So that's all you're going to get uh, out of me, unfortunately. I'm, I'm just I'm I'm a very big Burgundy uh, wine fan, and uh, I have a lot, a lot of Burgundy wine, and it's probably my favorite wines. And uh, it's the essence of Pinot Noir, so that's why I 
That's why I I'm was asking. sure. I'm sure there's plenty of listeners that will be stuck into their wine as well. So they'll know what they're t- what you're talking about, and I will not. So and and we'll just come <laughs> and raid your cellar, Benoit, when we come to France one time. We can just sit there and drink. Oh, burgers. with pleasure, with pleasure. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, so let's uh, let's get into the show, and um, I suppose we really just open it up to the to the floor to anyone. I mean, what? Uh, I, you know, what, what are some of the history on ETA that we know? We know it was founded, you know, originally by Eterna in 1856. Um, so it's been going around, you know, it's been going for quite some time and it was all about um, manufacturing movements that other watch companies could do. Um, what else do we know? Vinny, what, what do you want us to talk about with ETA? Well, I mean, actually, again, I don't really know too much about the history. I didn't go too far back. Um, basically, in recent times, Swatch being the parent company, um, Switzerland's obviously had a bit of a monopoly on mechanical wristwatches in the luxury um, segment for a long time. And then beyond that, um, ETA has had the monopoly within the movement production kind of side of things. So. Um, it's really interesting what, what's happened over the last sort of 10 years with the um, commercial inquiry. And I think that's where uh, it's really interesting to see where things have been, um, especially now with in-house kind of being the thing um, in modern watches. Um, yeah, interesting discussion to see where things are going. But I couldn't tell you much about the history other than what you've just outlined. No, that's cool. And Benoit, what about you? I'm. I think the historical part is uh, is quite fundamental in ETA. Um, is, I think it when you think at the past, it brings you back to a time where there were basically very few in-house movements. There were a lot of ebauche manufacturers, either in France, in Switzerland, and uh, and uh, the all 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 the different crises that occurred in the last 100 years basically made them group together in uh, in different identities including ETA ETA and um, and uh, i think uh, we get um, we still have all these movements from all these ebauche manufacturers you know Valjou Fontainebleau Unitas because they have been grouped under a single uh, group uh, or brand, which is ETA, and um, when, as 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 you justly said, now the the mode is to is to is to in-house movements. Everyone wants an in-house movement. If you get this watch with the ETA, it's not as good as 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 the same watch with the in-house movement. And I think we all need to just take a step back and that uh, we get all these um, different ebosh movements uh, still today. Because they have grouped up in the in the ETA group, and if not, they would probably have disappeared, which is a good thing, I I, I find. And uh, when uh, today people are looking for in-house movements, you have to remember that historically in the watch industry there were no, not many in-house movements. There were a lot of ebauche manufacturers, dial manufacturers, hand manufacturers, case manufacturers, and the brands just just ordered uh, specific pieces and put them uh, together. And uh, that's, uh, that's kind of gives credit to, 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 to brands and to watches that are made with ETA movements because, you know, it's, uh, it's not a bad thing. And, uh, and uh, it's basically how things have been working for a very, very long time. And uh, that's my take on, uh, 
on uh, on uh, on Eta and uh, trying to to give it back its uh, its 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 aura because it deserves to have a certain quality aura to uh, to to its name. Couldn't agree more. I think especially when we look back um, at the era of when people are all now going crazy over vintage pieces, that's when you would have the doll manufacturer making different variations or the case manufacturer making changes. And that's when you get all these um, uh, transitional pieces. And I think, yeah, if you're really good at something, why not specialize in that particular um, area of watchmaking? And then that way your final product can be as good as it is. Um, yeah, I think in-house, I'm not sure if whether it's an enthusiast thing where they turn their nose up at, um, you know, common parts that aren't in-house or whether it started from the brands that do everything in-house, um, turning their noses up and saying, oh, you know, those guys aren't as good because we do everything ourselves and they don't. I don't really know where it comes from, but I think it may be because uh, it's associated with luxury. So you have luxury brands who started to make their own very high-end movements very complicated, very well finished. So they kind of uh, created a trend, and then and then uh, people who follow that trend will very easily say, "Well, you know, this selitor or this it, this eta or this miyota movement is is boring. Look, this one is in house." And maybe a lot of collectors, and including me, have been through this of trying to get in house movements instead of the eta versions. Like for me, for me, for the Pelagos, I really wanted the the um, the in-house version. And when you talk to Rob, he says he prefers the ETA version because it's it's uh, easier to service and easier to work on it. And I think there's no there's no good or bad. It's just uh, trends and uh, how how the community thinks and evolves around this. Absolutely, couldn't agree more, Anthony. Oh, I think he's on mute. We've sorry, lost sorry. I was on mute. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. Uh, yeah, I've got a couple of things to say. And the first thing is um, that I think we, we've the watch community and when watches in gen, the industry in general has a lot to thank ETA for. Because if you have a look back through history and we go back through the 60s, 70s, 80s, um, you know, the, the biggest brands that produce their own in house movements now were using Lamania based calibers for their manual wine chronographs, et cetera because it was difficult to do. Um, and technology has come a long way in the last, say, 15 to 20 years with CMC machining and all that kind of stuff that people can produce things easier. It doesn't mean it's cheap, but they can still do it easier than what they could back then. So I think that we wouldn't have a lot of the watches that we had today and all the offshoot brands and things where someone just said, hey, I want to I make a watch, but you know, I don't have a million dollars to go and build a workshop, design my own movement. And don't get me wrong, some some people have. But I think that there's a lot to thank in this. And and I'll put my hand up and I'll, I'm, I'm happy to say that I went through the in-house snobbery part of collecting yeah, um, me a too. couple of years ago. I, I, think, I think in some ways a lot of people do go through that and then you swiftly take a, a U-turn. And I think it actually happens after you start servicing in-house movements. And you're thinking to yourself, man, I, I, I want more than one watch. And if I end up with 10 watches with in-house movements, that's circa one to $2,000 per watch every three to five years or whatever it is. Um, like that's expensive. Uh, and you just don't need to do that. So I, I took a real big U-turn quickly 
and um, well, the last two two watches I've bought, the last two watches were the Stover and the Oxen Junior, and both of those have ETA movements that I'm extremely happy with, and I'm glad that I've got my mate down the road who can service them for me for a couple of hundred bucks, easy to get parts, etc. So, you know that that that's a big part of the collector journey, I think. Um, and I, I don't know that I'll ever go back to just, you know, being a in-house only collector or mindset because it's just not, not necessary anymore. Um, and so, yeah, if I may add, if you can, yeah. if you think of the, of the brands that disappeared, like take Universal Genève, who made awesome movements, awesome manual wines. There's a, there's the micro, uh, there's the micro rotor movement, which you find the poor routers in the white shadows. If that brand at the time, instead of thinking, had joined in the ETA, in, in the ETA group, we would have the Universal Genève Calibers in the, in, in the Swatch group with awesome Calibers and awesome watches. And because it didn't happen, these Calibers have been kind of lost. And that's happened to a lot of Ebosch manufacturers, a lot of brands that made good quality movements and just disappeared. Whereas all the ones that have grouped, be it with ETA and with others uh, in time, they're still there and we can still in, enjoy them. So we have to thank uh, ETA and basically the bankers because, you know, it's, it's, it's the banks that made ETA, that made the, the brands group together. It's not uh, the manufacturers themselves, you know, it was economic reasons. And uh, if, the watch, if, if the Swiss watch industry is what it is now, it's because they grouped in in ETA. They came out with the swatch, you know, and they came out with a, with a competing quartz movement uh, for the Japanese ones, and uh, that managed to 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 keep them in line. and 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 that means that we today can have old automatic movements like the Unitas, like the Valjoux, uh, still around, and that's a great thing, I think. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, look at even AP, for example. I mean, it took them a long time to do in-house chronograph and even their in-house, their in-house calibre 3120 was still based on a JLC movement and they had JLC movements in their watches for so many years. So I think, you know, obviously maybe, you know, JLC is probably a step above um, ETA where they've produced, you know, over a thousand uh, movements, but still it's the same sort of idea. It's borrowing from Peter to put in Paul's watch, if that makes sense. Um, but I think it's going to be interesting. I'm just reading here on Wikipedia. It's saying that, you know, that the level, the supplied movements is going to be decreasing over the next couple of years. And already in 2014 and 15, it was decreased by 30%, 50%, 16, 17, um, and, you know, gradually dropping it's going to be 70% less by the year 2023. So we're not that far away. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens over the next couple of years. But um, yeah, any other thoughts, Vinny? Um, yeah, just your point about JLC. We don't we don't hang shit on um, the, the Holy Trinity for borrowing movements from JLC. I don't think no. anyone can hang shit on any brand for having ETA movements. So yeah. Um, yeah, I guess it's perception or marketing maybe that makes people look down on it. But yeah. I think, um, yeah, like like yourself, if you own a couple, 
um, what is wrong with having something that's super reliable, um, super easy to service, and yeah, I mean, no complaints. It's always going to keep working, um, rather than some very niche movement uh, that needs unique tooling. Um, it's going to be a pain. Yeah, so definitely, yeah, I think I think the um, the idea is changing. And I, I think as well that the accuracy, sorry, Benoit, the accuracy as well. I um my Oxen Junior, I didn't even know, but I was at my my friend's workshop and the um he just he took it off me and went and put it on the timographer and um and it was thirty seconds fast and I thought, Oh, wow, you know, that's it's a fair bit. Uh gee, that's a bit much. Anyway, gets out the demagnetizer, rubs it twice, sticks it back on there and it's plus three. And I'm like, yeah. and and even my um, that'll be three hundred bucks. Thank you very much for coming. <laughs> it's good to know friends in the industry. That's for sure. But even uh, I remember, you know, the the uh, the Stover Flieger with the the manual wind it's at a, and even that was like I don't know plus six or plus seven seconds a day. Um, so they can be regulated so well, as well as most other in-house COSC certified movements. Um, that, you know, well, they can be cost. Uh, well, they can be cost certified. Yeah, most of the absolutely. Most of and uh, well, I, I I don't know where I read this, but I read that ETA actually stands for Elegance Technology Accuracy. So I don't know. I don't know if it's true, but uh, the accuracy part is obviously true. But I I was just taking a side note to say that uh, we have kind of a deformed view of uh, the ETA manufacturer because, you know, we focus on the on the automatic and manual wind academies, but the greatest part of their of their manufacture is uh, quartz movement. I think it's something like 70% quartz they are producing. And it's a completely forgotten uh, part of the of uh, of what we usually talk about where, 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 when we talk about ETA, we, we imagine these guys making uh, a mechanical movement in uh, you know in the manufacture, but it's much more diverse than this. Yeah, I, actually, that just reminds me. I, I worked at a, in a fashion watch store, which I'm you know you don't sell too many watches in there that you're proud of. But in the very small selection of Swiss watches down the back corner, where not many people used to wander because it's a pretty humble shopping center, um, I looked through the manual and I went, oh, ETA make these quartz movements. And yeah, I was like, okay, this is the real deal. This is, this is nice. Like I can, I can sell these with a peace of mind. I can sleep at night because anyone that buys these watches, I know that they're getting a quality movement inside, which can't be really said for a lot of fashion watches out there. So yeah, uh, quartz is a big part of their, part of their business. So i got a question and my question is, and I'm sure potentially, I don't know this 100%, but I'm 90% sure that a, a tutor will come up later in the show. Um, but I want to know what is this sort of, cause I'm seeing in, not on the forums, but on Instagram and Facebook and everything that, that people want the Tudor black base that had the ETA in it. Like it's, it just, it's bizarre to me that collectors are now looking after, looking out for the sought after ETA movement as opposed to the in-house. So why, why is that? Does anyone have any thoughts on that? Uh, I I can talk about the uh, the Pelagos example because the Tudor Pe- because the Pelagos was made with an ETA movement for a couple of years I think one or two years so basically the the ones with the ETA move um, ETA movements are rarer than the the actual ones 
and and to and and to me that explains the 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 let's say as soon as it becomes rare or that uh, it's not produced anymore in a certain way then it can become a collectible but i think it's still very it's not like uh, the rolex collectors who are looking for for specific dials and things i think it's not yet quite uh, that much a thing to my eyes anyhow yeah Vinny, what do you think yeah um especially for the black bays they have the smiley face text so the rotor self-winding is curved um so it, yeah i think collectors go for those little details um and then also the profile in both the eta pelagos and the black bays are slightly slimmer in the eta version um so these little little things um and yeah the, the lower production numbers uh, definitely is I, I reckon the driving force um if like i have my lhd if they had a eta version of, of that watch i probably would have gone for the eta um but yeah they only made the lhd with the in-house so yeah oh, oh what is interesting with judo is that it is a brand that has historically been associated with eti because in the 50s and in the 60s they were using eta movements in the in their uh, tudor day to the host today to the rotor self-winding and in the tudor subs too and um, historically, they have been producing for years and years watches with Rolex cases, Rolex dials, Rolex hands, and an ETA movement. And uh, I think in the modern pieces, uh, the fact that you can find a Pelagos or a Black Bay with an ETA movement, it kind of hits the spot of the vintage collectors too. You know, because it, it makes sense. Kind of, yes, it makes sense. It's coherent. Definitely. All right, well, let's uh, let's move on and go into battle. So I'm really excited about this, and I know that uh, I know that you guys. And it's interesting every time we do this because we come back and we always say how difficult it is. And I encourage people to absolutely go and do this yourself, but really sit down and think about it and make them watches that you would actually buy, not just oh yeah, that one's okay, I'll, I'll pick that one. Um, go through the process of comparison and, and comparing them to what you've got and things like that. So it, it can be a lot of fun. But also we'll put a post up on Instagram. So by the time you hear this, there'll be a, a post that, you know, put some comments in yourself, see what you think, tell us what you think about Etta uh, and why and, and and things like that because we are keen to, to just get more people involved into, into what we're doing. So we'll start with the 1,000s and uh, – and, and for me, this was the most difficult one um, to do, even though there's a lot of watches out there with ETA movements, but I found this one really difficult. So who wants to kick us off with a their choice of a, a watch under $1,000 that has an ETA movement? All right, I'm going to go first. All right, so as I said, it was very, very, very difficult. And what I did enjoy about it is it made me look at watches that I certainly would not have looked at in the past. And there were watches like things like Swiss military, um, Victorinox and, and the like, because they've got ETA movements in them. But I settled on something that I know. Uh, and, and another thing that I'll add before I give my, um, my watches out away is I didn't want to pick watches that I own. So I've, I've had to go with one that I already own 
but then the others, I wanted to make sure that they were stuff that I, I, I was going to buy if I could. So my first one is the Stova Partitio. All right. So it is a, it is a 37 mil by eight mil. Um, so quite petite, quite thin. Um, it has a ETA 2824 and it's the Elabore. So the, uh, the top version of it comes in at a pre-owned price with box and papers for $843 Australian. Um, so that's the Stova Partitio. Um, it has beautiful loom syringed hands and loom Arabic numerals as well with some really nice sort of old school font. It's a black dial, um, but it's got really strong barhouse lugs um, that are really, really cool. It is uh, 50 meters water resistant. Um, it's just, and, and the, the other reason you, you'll see from my other watches that uh, I kind of put a bit of a theme to it where I wanted a dress watch. My other watches are not dress watches. So I thought this one here, I can put it on a NATO if I want to, which as people, if they know me, they know I would do that. <laughs> um, or I can put it on a nice black glossy leather um, strap and, and wear it with a suit and it would absolutely get away with being a dress watch um, because of its size, its proportions and uh, its time only. Very, very cool watch for the money. Yeah. For the money, so this one, I really like the, the kind of syringe hands. It's very elegant. I I just think Stolva do some amazing stuff for the prices that they they come out with is is just insane. My only gripe with this watch, if I have a gripe, is that the seconds hand doesn't have a counterweight, and I typically don't oh, like that. That kills me. That I kills me. I thought I was the like only one. That. Yeah, no, no, no. I typically don't like it, um, but I have known that when it's done well and in this case i don't think it's done well to be honest um but when it's done well it it can work really really well and uh, maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later so that is my sub at one thousand dollar eta this one reminds me of the suf um watches that have a very similar styling and i know you like those so that definitely a great choice i think i think it, it also reminds me of the glossata glossuta oregonal um senator the the uh, what's the one i can't remember what it's called but it's the one that's got the arabic numerals and um it's just a very similar kind of watch um, so anyway, that's mine. What's what's cool too is that you have the display case back, which is a nice feature on this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Good choice. I didn't know that much. They come in a cool little box, and I think brand new these sell for around sort of fifteen hundred dollars thereabouts. Um, but, and even still, like you can get a manual one, you can get them auto, um, you can get a white dial with this beautiful cream luminova and and hands and indices or numerals so yeah it's, it's an amazing watch for the price uh, like a lot of stovers are so anyway moving on I, so who's next i think i can i i think i can go next because for my first watch i also chose a similar style watch just to put some context uh, for the it's it is a very very fun exercise to do and i do recommend people to try because it takes some time it takes some it takes some thought. 
And uh, the way I went about it is I was trying to project myself as, as if I was to have a three-watch collection with ETA movements. So my first choice below 1K is a Jungans, Jungans Max Bill, Hand of Soaps, which is, uh, which is the dress watch of the three I chose. It's got a 34mm case, but uh, with a basically no bezel, so very large dial. And uh, I chose the white version, which you can find on Chrono24 between $800 and $900. Uh, but if you prefer the black or the gray or even pink dial, there's a, there's a, there are different variants in that price range. And uh, I just find it really nice boho, uh, a classic style. It's pretty thin. It's got a nice uh, big uh, Bombay glass. And uh, it's powered by an ETA 2801 manual wind, which has 42 hour, a 42 hour power reserve. It, it has the hacking second. And contrary to the store, it has a counterbalance on the, <laughs> on the second hand. <laughs> the all important one. Which is way nicer. Uh, but I just find it's great value for for that price to have such a classic stylish watch with a beautiful design made by made by uh, Max Bill, and uh, you, you just have a great under the radar dress watch for these uh, for these dressy occasions. Yeah, it's a good one, and it it's definitely it was certainly one of the watches that I was looking at that it just kept coming up. And, you know, when you read, you read articles about, you know, best watch under this price and stuff like that, when you start to see a similar watch showing up all the time from different journalists and different people in the community, you know, that it's, um, you know, it's, it's probably a great watch. And if you're in the market for that price range, definitely something you consider. I think what I like about those is they're really thin hands. Like they're super, super, super slim. Um, but very yeah, elegant. Yeah. Good choice. All right. The Vin Man. All righty. So it wouldn't be a fifth wrist radio challenge without a little bit of cheating. Oh. And so I uh, have gone with the <laughs> Certina DS PH 200 M diver. Um, you can scoop this one up under a thousand Aussie. Um, the retail price with the Swiss francs does get you over the thousand dollar mark. Um, but yeah, if you shop smart, you can definitely get it under that thousand dollar Aussie mark. So the reason I chose this, um, it's just a great looking tool watch. Um, black dial, sword hands, screams like a mil, mil spec vibe. Um, but then it's also got red crosshairs in the center of the dial and then a red seconds hand with a counterweight. Um, <laughs> and it just looks awesome. Uh, it's just like... My probably favorite um, old school dive watch is the old Seamaster 300s with the sword hands. And this is like the modern interpretation at a different price point. And I think it's just awesome. And yeah, all the dive, dive watch specs you could want um, with the, so this is where it gets a bit, gets a bit hairy. I don't know whether you guys will like right, this. I but... thought it was the price that was hairy, but there's something else. Coming. <laughs> no, there's more, there's Jeez. more. So this movement is the Powermatic 80 uh, that we can find in a lot of Tissot's. So ETA and Tissot work together to form this Powermatic 80 uh, movement. Now, is it ETA by itself? No, but they work together. Um, they're all part of the Swatch group. I think I can push it over the line. 
It is an ETA movement to me. Uh, to me, it's an ETA movement which has been maybe just modified by Tissot or 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 just um, set up by Tissot. But to me, it's ETA. Perfect. All right. So I got the green light there. Awesome. Definitely going to win now. Alrighty. Nah, so, I... <laughs> so the thing is, it's though, a that, big piece. Yeah, a forty-three yeah, mil. It's it's on the larger side. Um, it's it's definitely. I wanted like like yourself, Ben. I approached this with the thought, okay, I might make this a three watch collection. Um, and if the dive watch is going to be a big, bulky, sporty um, beater, then that's fine by me. Um, yeah. I did read though that this this particular movement doesn't have your um, sort of traditional regulating system. So it's regulated as they make it, and there's no manual sort of tab. Uh, I'm no watchmaker, so I hope this is making sense. Um, and I hope I'm not insulting Rob or Woodsy um, or anyone else. Or the, other, or the other but, half a watchmaker, Alex. <laughs> Alex as well. No, he's just the, just the CK watches. That's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, so there's they just come out of the factory as is and you can't really regulate them traditionally. So um, this is where it sort of gets into the what's the benefit of the ETA we were speaking about before is, you know, it's going to be serviceable. It's going to be easy. I do think that maybe the choices Anthony and I made, you have a probably a higher quality movement than in the Certina. I I find if I look at the at, at just pure stats. Mm, but then at this point in time, but then let's say how many years down the track, um, you can't sort of <laughs> regulate or sort of I don't know, I'm not sure how serviceable this will be, but it's going to be a donor movement or hopefully Tissot is still offering this movement, so it'll be a a straight swap rather than a service. Um, so definitely something to consider. Mm. Well, you can't win. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so out of, so uh, I win. <laughs> out of Benoit and myself, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to give this one to Benoit. Uh, so of course. Well done. You're the no. winner for this one. That's because I'm about to crush you guys in the next two. <laughs> this one, uh, yeah. the, the thousand was you the hardest bet. one for me. Um, Keep dreaming. So, all right. I'm going to go first again because I, I feel okay. like it and, and this is my and show. And I'll go last and okay. I'll go last on the below 5K if you want. All right. This is my show, so I'm going first. All right. <laughs> Sub $5,000. Um, and with my watch, you actually get change. So what I'd like to do, if it's all right with you guys, is I'm going to give some stats and I want to see if you guys can guess the watch. Um, and we'll, we'll do it fairly quickly. So it is a 40, now I think it's 42.5 mil case. Uh, it's 13.6 mil thick. Um, it's Australian dollar value is $3,990 brand new. It has a COSC certified ETA 2824-2. You can get this on a rubber strap if you want for a slightly less price. Um, or it comes on, on a beads of rice. Uh, and this is a brand new iteration of this watch. Any guesses? Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, could it be the, uh, a Nevada? Nah. All right. Uh, nah. The suspense is killing me. It is the Doxa Sub 300. Ah, yes. The new slimmer yes. version. Nice. Nice. So it's quite interesting. I was reading a, a Time and Tide article where they were talking about the difference between the new one and the old one was 0.6 of a millimeter. Um, and while that doesn't sound a lot, it can be 
quite a lot when it gets onto the wrist and you start to see the difference. But what I love about this Doxa is, you know, the fact that it, you know, it's cost certified, it's under four grand Australian dollars, brand new. They've just improved the case by making it slightly thinner. The one I would choose is the black dial with the orange minute hand and the white hour hand. It's just a stunning piece. Um, I really, really digging the new rubber straps they're putting on these because they've got the wings that come out that connect more seamlessly to the case of the you know the the beautiful big sort of turtleish shape of the uh, the sub doxa um but yeah you know when you, i was looking for a dive watch and i didn't know what i wanted um yes it's easy to pick said brand we were speaking about before in this case which i'm sure someone has but anyway they'll lose and uh <laughs> but but the the doxa sub <laughs> is just such a fantastic watch that's got really good history um and yeah look I've, I've played with them in the flesh and they're, they're just awesome pieces they've got really nice bezel action um for that money and i'm sure no doubt in time on the secondary market you'll be able to get an even better deal on these and i, I just I, I can't see a better dive watch for that kind of money uh, but I'm happy to be swayed either way. So the Doxa Sub 300. Actually, it's a watch I was planning on choosing for this segment until I found a much better one. Oh, here we go. <laughs> well, right. I couldn't I couldn't pick the Doxa because I, I couldn't wear the, the older size. So I'll be really interested to see the, if the newer one makes a difference. Because, uh, yeah, I popped the old one on the wrist and I went, oh, geez, that's... Yeah, no can do. So Well, it, it says here in an article, again, by, by Time and Tide... Um, that uh, the it feels a lot smaller than a 42.5 and wears more like a 41 or sort of 41 and a half, which, which is going to be really good. So if you think about that, that it wears a bit smaller than it sounds and it's a little bit thinner than the old one and it's got a COSC certified ETA movement, so you know it's going to be quite accurate. Um, and it's got. It's probably because uh, it's, it's, sorry, it's, it's probably because the dial is kind of smaller on the case. And uh, that's why probably it was a little uh, less large. Yeah. And I, um, for the first time, I love doing these. And again, it's because you always learn so much. And um, I did not know, and I do now, that the different dial colors have different names. So the, the light blue is always the aquamarine. The orange is always professional. The, uh, the black's always the shark hunter. And the sort of navy is always the Caribbean. Um, so yeah, I didn't know that. And I'm really pleased that, you know, now, you know, something interesting about the brand that I don't know of another brand that names their watches based on the dial color, uh, which I think is really cool. It's different. Um, I, yeah. I, I actually really, really like the carbon fiber one yeah. they make, yeah, yeah. Which, which is a bit more expensive. I don't know if it falls under the 5k. I don't think so. No, no, no. I think but, about uh, nine grand. Yeah, yeah, but they're really, really, really nice, these. Yeah, I think Dane just got his hands on one. I remember seeing it the other day, the black and yellow. So if you have a look, check out the Watch Vault. Um, friend of the show, I'm pretty sure he put a picture up of one. I'm not sure if it's for sale or not, but he had a picture definitely. All right. Uh, who wants to go? So Benoit's going last. So Vinny, what is your under 5K ETA movement watch? All righty. So going a bit different here, um, this is my dress watch and yeah i'm trying to go for watches are new um because 
you know, when you listen to shows that have your recommendations for under set amount and they go for something that's like a vintage or, or secondhand that's a bit hard to find, you go, bloody hell, how the hell am I supposed to find a watch at that price point that you've just listed? Um, so this watch is the Christopher Ward C1 Moonglow. Um, so this one is the black dial, which has the double moon disc that uh, sort of, yeah, revolve around as the moon phase. Um, date around the outer ring. And it, yeah, it, all the, the moon is luminescent and it's based, yeah, on an ETA, but they, they slightly modify the module. So you get the, um, it kind of operates like the Arc de la Lune um, watch. Oh, is, is that by Hermes? Oh, geez. You, oh, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Yes, one yes. So, yep. yes. Um, so kind of like that, just with a smidge of the price, a smidge of the outlay. Um, so yeah, 40 mil case, really nice proportions. And I remember seeing this watch and I didn't really pay much attention to Christopher Ward. And then this one came along and I thought, wow, they've done something super special here. So that is my pick. And it comes in, yeah, at about 3000 Aussie with the exchange rate being the, uh, the key factor there. So, and brand new, that's me. which is cool. Brand new. Yeah. Full price. Full same, same as the doctor, brand new. Yeah, very very cool piece. Uh, the moon face is actually quite well worked. It's nice. Mm. Cool. As, as well, as, yeah, nice one. Good one, Vinny. All right, Benoit, All right. take it, bring it home. Okay. Five k. Okay, um, I'm going to. Well, after the dress piece, it's the daily tool, uh, daily wearer, and I'm offering you a Cosk certified minute repeater. What? With, uh, what? <laughs> in the Breitling Aerospace reference E65062, which is powered by a Breitling modified quartz 988 movement, and just just listen to to just listen to this. It's a fairly under the radar piece. Titanium case, 40 mil, just under uh, 10 millimeter uh, thickness. Um, you've got 100 meter water resistance. It's from the late 90s, the one I chose. You have, uh, of course, time, day and date, perpetual calendar, timer, chronograph, alarm, GMT, and minute repeater. And what's fun about this is you you could say, well, you know, you can get uh, probably a, a Japanese watch, uh, you know, uh, uh, what's the brand? Uh, uh, a Casio with the same functions, but what's really fun with this model is that everything you regulate just with the crown. So all these functions you just do by pulling and turning the crown in different ways, and it's just a, a, I think, a brilliant piece of engineering. Very wearable, it's sturdy, and uh, quite under the radar. Very functional. And uh, basically, uh, even if you don't want the vintage ones, because you can find lots of vintage ones in different variants uh, for a nice price, but even the latest ones, which are a bit larger, they're, they're 43 mil. The new ones, it's, uh, it's the Evo, I think. It's the Aerospace Evo. You can find just under 5K uh, dollars if you search on the secondary market. And you have a modern piece instead of a late 90s piece. But I just love the fact that it's few polite, very well produced, and you've got all these cool functions with a very good quality, a mega quartz, a super quartz movement made in ETA. Yeah, <coughs> excuse me. It's uh, it, it's an interesting watch, actually, and it there's not that many 
uh, quartz watches that get accepted with open arms in the the general watch community. Uh, and you know, there's, exactly. There's the Seiko. Uh, I probably stuffed this up. But I think it's called the Nine F or something. Um, that that's really really super accurate. You know, plus minus ten seconds per year or whatever it is. Um, then there's the FP Jean. Um, Oh, is it the elegant? Elegant, yeah. Yes, the elegant. Is that the one that wakes up, which I just think is amazing. So that's really cool. And then there's this Breitling um, Chronospace, which is always talked about as such an amazing watch. Um, even though it's quartz, it, it's just such a cool piece. It's 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 a quartz watch, but it's made for the mechanical watch enthusiast. Because you're manipulating the crown, it's still got the analog time display, and it's really good horology. And when when you have one in your hands and you and you have a go at uh, at setting the time and the alarm and the it's it's just so much fun. It's so much fun, and 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 you tend to forget that it's a quartz movement because it's it's a, it's very geeky watch enthusiast watch. Yeah, it is. And I've I've played with one myself, and to be able to adjust everything with just the crown and the amount of functions that it's got, it's uh, very yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, cool. Well, uh, so Benoit won the first one. Um, and the second one? No, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think uh, I think the doxer might take this one. Um, I'm happy to. I'll I'll make myself the winner. That's all right. I'll win the third round coming up. <laughs> all, right, know, we'll see. all right. How are we going to do the order for this? Because this is always the one that everyone gets a bit snotty about. So I don't mind. I can go first if you guys want. I don't mind. I, and, I, and I can go too. I don't mind. No problem. All right. Vinny's last. Uh, you can go first and then I'll go second. Vinny third. Take it away. Ten grand. Okay. And ten grand Australian with an ETA movement. Let's hear it. Yeah, so so I'm starting my new life, and I've got my first two watches, which is the Junghans and the Breitling Aerospace, and I need something a little more, you know, upgraded, kind of luxury take, and kind of fun too, and uh, maybe like a nice big beefy uh, chronograph. So I chose the Spikmaha Spirit Seafire, nice. which is uh, powered by an Eta Valjoux seven seven fifty, so automatic. So I've got the manual wind for the under 1K, the quartz, super quartz for the under 5K. For the under 10K, I've got an automatic uh, chronograph movement, which are priced around uh, just below 8,000 Australian dollars in, uh, in, on, on, on the secondary market. Yeah. Got a 42 millimeter titanium grade 5 case, 15 millimeter high, but it's ca- it looks kind of bulky, but uh, since it's all titanium with a leather strap, I think it would probably have a very nice fit. And the dial is just to uh, to die for with several levels. Uh, I, I like the black ones with a touch of color, either a touch of orange or a touch of red, but there's also a, a white one, which is nice, but I think I'd go for the for the black one. And it's kind of an interesting piece because it's Speak Maran's first ever chronograph. And it's got all the British military inspiration uh you know with, with the classic piccadilly case style and it's got brilliant really great legibility which is very important for me so not a common piece but a, a real conversation starter with a really great quality build awesome movement and superb finish yeah that's a i mean it's a fantastic watch 
Um, I think that's the one. Is that the? Oh yeah, yeah. I can see it here now. Yeah, beautiful piece. And you know those. I mean, th these watches are an acquired taste. I think you know with the big bolts coming out the the lugs. Um, but yeah, a very fun and and so underrated at that price. I mean, look, what can you you buy for that price in a in a you know, kind of a luxury chronograph with a very good identity that not many people have. I honestly, it was a very nice discovery for me. Really yeah. fell in love with this one. Yeah, very nice, very nice. Awesome. All right. Um, good. Some really cool watches so far. This is this is good. So I'll let uh, I'll let Vinny go last. I'll go now. Um, this might not come as a surprise for many people, but. Um, I'll just go and do it anyway. So I own this watch. Um, and, Oxen Junior. And it is the Oxen Junior, absolutely. The, the 42 mil, the, the Mezer or date. Um, and these come in at around 6,000 Swiss francs, which is around sort of 9,500 Aussie. Um but I just, there's, so again, like you guys, I went with the theme. I've got my dress watch, which is the, the Storva for under $1,000. I've got my dive watch, which is also a fantastic everyday watch. It's a holiday watch. Um, it's my chronograph in some ways because I can use the bezel for timing certain things. I mean, I don't use chronographs very often. Um, but then I wanted something that is playful, um, that's different, and it, you know, the, the Oxen Junior absolutely speaks to me in, in so many ways, uh, not only because you can go onto the website and create basically the watch exactly how you want it, which is, I think, something really cool, but also the minimalistic style. There's no branding, there's no logos, there's no nothing. It's just a, it's just a very interesting, cool watch. Um, and I'm a lug guy, so I like big, strong lugs. And I think uh, these are the shortest, stubbiest lugs you can probably get on a watch. And for some reason, but, but for, for whatever reason, the design language just works. Like the, the watch is 42 millimeters and the lug to lug, which is also 42 millimeters. So it, it's not a big watch to wear. It's smaller than a lot of even, you know, some of the 36 mil uh, watches have big lugs, bigger lug to lug than, than what the Oxen Juniors do. But um, you know, they've got a great history. They've got some really good, um, uh, you know, history in, in actual, in the watchmaking side with Ludwig and his genius mind. But um, yeah, I, I can't see a more fun watch than something like this when you get to design it how exactly you want it. Um, so yeah, titanium ETA, it's, uh, they, they hand regulate them, uh, at the, the manufacturer to zero to plus five seconds per day, which again is fantastic. And there's, they've got 40 different types of straps in one combination and 80 different types in another. So you'll never be short of, um, you know, mixing it up and, and, you know, putting on whatever straps you like for whatever weather it is and so forth. Um, but yeah, and, and, you know, I've, I've had some fantastic experiences with this brand and I know a lot of people in our crew have got Oxen Juniors as well. And I've made some fantastic Instagram friends, I suppose you would say just through the connection by, by sharing passion for this brand and, and our watches. Um, and what I was going to say before, sorry, Vinny was the Oxen Does it have Junior. a counterweight? No, it doesn't. And I don't mind. I, and that's, it's so funny because I, I could have sworn a couple of years ago, I thought I would never buy a watch with, uh, with, 
And, uh, Counterweight snobbery and, you know, on top of the in-house snobbery. Here we are. But, but if you don't like it, which I don't actually mind it, but if you don't like it, they actually they put a disc over the um, over the the sort of the hour hand and minute hand that has a tiny little dot on it that spins. So you can still have a running seconds on it if you want to, um, just by having that little disc, and you can see that the the watch is running, um, or you can opt to have the uh, the actual seconds hand ticking ticking along so uh, uh, that's awesome it's a great indie brand great indie brand who make really great watches yeah so. absolutely and 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 it's an obvious choice for you yeah uh, look i think so I, I i certainly didn't want to just go with watches that i had but i thought if i'm going to spend this kind of money and it's going to have an eta movement i want it to be something pretty spectacular that's individualized um to however i like it uh, which is awesome. So shout out to friends of the show, Mark and the folks at Oxen Jr. And the um, and the thing that we probably don't mention about Oxen Jr., I mean, we, yes, we say plenty of good things about them, but they have a whole art um, collection that they, they post on their website. And we talk about how they simplify things, but they can go to the artisan level um, in incredible lengths. And, yeah, I mean, some of their, their gallery pieces, it's just – how they managed to put the artwork in still in their own design language, in their own way um, into their watches. Yeah. Super brilliant. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Finish us off. All righty. So say that. Vinny, you can go next. <laughs> <laughs> That's <Alrighty. awful. laughs> So much like my haircut in isolation, I'm going business in the front party in the back. And I have a, for you, for your consideration, is a Paul Gerber Flieger. Now, um, Roman, Times Roman AU, uh, one of the gang, he has a Paul Gerber, and I remember seeing it for the first time, and on the front side, things look pretty pretty sober enough. Um, this particular, the pilot model, you get yeah, your sword hands, um, your Arabic numerals, looks pretty standard Flieger affair. And then you flip it over, and the 2824 has been completely transformed to have not one rotating mass to wind the watch, but three synchronized 18-karat gold rotors that maintain the power reserve. Um, and I, I just flipped this thing over, and I remember just laughing. And I know when a watch has impressed me, or I love a watch, when I just start laughing and smiling at it. Um, and that poor Gerber did it for me in spades. And I, I'm just playing around with it, just seeing all the rotors, you know, flicking around, at once um and it's just the most incredible thing um to take what is supposedly a stock standard movement and just go to town with it um paul he's has this pretty pretty plain jane website that doesn't really give you the best user interface experience um but that's not what it's about you're getting this incredible bit of independent watchmaking um and yeah so this particular watch has titanium case um 42 mil across 12 mil thickness so yeah and 10 atmospheres of water resistance so everyday beater no worries at all under the radar um yeah uh, it's it's just brilliant i love the rotors and uh, the big crown is really nice great yeah. piece and you just you just go oh yeah flea and then you turn it over you go oh hang on um there is way more to it and and with paul all you got to do is ask if you want a different colored seconds hand, or if you want your initials engraved on the road, on the, um, on the winding masses, he's happy to accommodate. 
And like Roman said, he'll charge you, but it's something like twelve euros if you want loom on the extra loom on the <laughs> on the on the dial or something like that. So it's just a really good, honest example of like independent watchmakers wanting to give you a great watch and none of the funny business on the side. And what's the price range of these? Yes, you know, it is range? four thousand two hundred and Oh, sorry, 4,875 Swiss francs for the plain Jane date um, version. And then you can go with a day and night indicator or a moon phase or um, anything else you want to you add to it. So that's me. Yeah, beautiful. What size was that? Video? Yeah, 42 mil. So something very interesting has happened here. Uh, all three watches are 42 mil. All three watches are titanium. All three watches are very... Well, all three watches are independent. Um, all three watches have a very similar caliber besides the 7750, but still ETA-based, which was the thing. All three have quite big crowns. Um, so I think there's an interesting aesthetic here, and I think we probably knew that as we go up in the price range with ETAs, we're probably pushing into independent space, and they're going to be a bit sort of wacky watches that not everyone, they're not to everyone's taste, they're, they're individual taste pieces. But um, that's quite interesting that we've all chosen a very similar sort of um, specifications, I suppose, um, for the three big watches that we've picked. Hmm. So I think I, I think we're all winners here. I don't think we can put a winner to this one. So Vinny, you lose out. Uh, Benoit, you won one thousand. I won two uh, five thousand, and we all win in the ten thousand. Is that fair? We'll let the Instagram decide. <laughs> oh, you can't be a loser with an. I guess the conclusion is that you can't lose with an ETA movement. No, oh, you always win. This guy, beautiful. There we go. Now, look, uh, that was that was a lot of fun. Thank you, gentlemen, for that. And as uh, as Benoit said, and I said, please go and do this yourself because it, it is a lot of fun. Uh, we'll put some posts up on Instagram. Uh, so if you're playing along at home, you know, put into the comments what you would have picked at different price ranges, and we can you know continue the conversation. Because again, what we're trying to do here is absolutely about the community and engaging with the community. So if you want to get involved and engage with us, then please go ahead in the comments and, and let us know what you would have picked. So cool. All right. Uh, anyone want to say anything else about the, uh, the watches that we picked or Edda movements? Yeah, I just want to add one thing is we talked all about ETA, but I think in the past few years, even the competitors of ETA make really nice movements and nice watches. Think about Celita, think about Miyota. Uh, think about even uh, the there's a there's there's the Ronda um, a movement too, uh, STP and uh, we don't know what the Kennedy manufacturer from Tudor is going to come out with, but they've made a movement for Norcane, so who knows? Maybe they might step into the game too, and that could be fun. We'll see what future holds. Definitely. All right. Well, let's move on to our. Um favorite review of the week from fifth wrist and and this week it's going to be uh it's called pepsi meteorite um and it's by watch superstars um and it's it's all about the the gmt master 2 with the meteorite dial the blro so um really cool review this gentleman has owned the steel watch before and then progressively went to the the white gold dial um you know, he talks about the weight and obviously how it 
it's it's within his tolerances for weight, but might not be for for others. You know, carrying around such a, a hefty gold piece, but at the same time, you know, it's it's it, it isn't under the radar. Watch for what it is. Um, and I know Vinny, you picked this watch, not this with the meteorite, but with the was it the black dial one that you picked in a battle previously? Yeah, yeah, Mark one, uh, Mark one bezel with the black dial. Yeah, okay, cool. So this one's got the update, upgraded movement, um, but uh, you know it's uh, it, it is it is a rare watch, and I think the thing with this one is there's not a whole lot of rare new Rolexes out there. You know, yes, there's some rainbow dial Daytonas and things like that, but there, you know, in general. There's not a whole lot of rare stuff. They might be hard to get, but there's probably a conspiracy about that somewhere. But uh, <laughs> but this one, you know, meteorite dials have their own sort of flair. And if they speak to you, I'm not a huge fan of meteorite dials. I can see how having a piece of rock that's come from outer space um, would speak to a lot of people because it is absolutely cool. Um, but it's a very well-written review, a very, very honest review as well. And he's got here in some of the pros that uh, you know it's a rare meteorite dial it's sort of low profile and it's great quality and standard of rolex um but the cons are it's heavy it's expensive and the white gold will scratch and dent um even if you just look at it so you need to be careful with that one walking around uh but it's got an overall score of 82 so Vinny, i'll ask you first what are your thoughts on the watch yeah when this um when this review popped up i thought oh i gotta read this one because I wouldn't think um, this is a watch that would get, you know, chucked on fifth wrist um, just because they are so hard to come across. Um, I know I love the steel version. I know I love the white gold version. Um, so the meteorite dial is is quite different. Um, and, yeah, it was good to – you outlined the review perfectly, just honest, to the point, um, and a, a rare bird. So it was nice to get insight from an owner. Yeah, definitely. Benoit, what do you think? Uh I, I'm not a big fan of of uh, Rolex Pro models, uh, especially the modern ones, but I really like uh, all the history of the Rolex dials with stone. And I think this one is, is really nice. It's it's uh, it's not a watch I would buy for me because I I'm, I don't really like these GMTs much. But uh, out of the GMT range, it's one of the best, I think, and one of the most beautiful. Yeah. Definitely. Cool. I think um, I'll, I'll just encourage everyone to go and have a look at the review and in particular, look at the second picture because there's a lot that is, you know, a picture tells a thousand words. There's a lot in here that's quite interesting, which I'll just point out. So hopefully you've had some time to go there now and have a look. Um, but if you take away the bezel and just look at the dial, it does throw back a little bit to the previous um, Explorer polar dials from the 90s and early 2000s uh, with the the red black hands and so forth but also um, it's a fantastic photo to show the difference between white gold and steel with that sort of hue that this gold has sometimes because quite often you can't tell the difference um, in different lights but this photo really captures the difference between steel and um, white gold uh, or Rolex's white gold. Uh, there's a real tone to it, which comes out from from the photo. Yeah, and the dial is just amazing. I've seen videos of this dial when the watch came out, and it's just crazy. It's really, really nice. Really, really a nicely done. It's a white meteorite. Like we we see a lot of gray, yeah, gray white. Yeah, and this one was just like really stark white. So interesting in itself. Even if you don't want to play by the the Rolex 
um, rules at the moment, uh, you can still appreciate like, wow, yeah, that's that's a nice bit of kit. Yeah, for sure. And I love the aperture they've put around the date window, which I don't know that I've seen that too much with Rolex in the past, but they've put a beautiful, I'm sure it's white gold, border around um, around the aperture, which is really nice. Um, all right, awesome. Let's uh, move into the last part of the show, which is uh, people to recommend um, to go follow on Instagram. So uh, I might go first, um, and it's a, a chap by the name of at Tapir underscore FFM. So it's T-A-P-I-R underscore FFM. And uh, he's got his name, his claws. And um, I, I really, this, this gentleman put up a photo yesterday that really sort of captivated me. And it's the first one in his profile at the moment. Uh, and it's basically the back of a Rolex. Uh, I think it's a Oyster. Yeah, just a, a Rolex Oyster um, Perpetual and a Oxen Junior. And and what I thought was really interesting, I actually shared it on my story yesterday that, that none of these backs have any writing. They've got no branding. They've got no nothing, yet they're instantly recognizable. And um, you, it won't take long going through his feed. You know, he's, he's got a beautiful Oxen Junior. He's got an Oak and Oscar as well. And um, uh, there's some Breitling. There's some Panerai. So really cool. But he takes a lot of pictures of art and um, uh, what's the word? Like buildings and houses, architecture and paintings and sculptures and all sorts of stuff. So it's... Um, he doesn't have a lot of followers yet, but he's got, you know, 350 odd photos, um, but definitely someone to, to keep an eye on because uh, I think he, he takes some amazing photos of not just watches, but all sorts of other things. Um, so definitely someone to go and follow. Um, but what did you think of that picture, Vinny, that one with the, the black and white of the back dials, the back of the cases? Yeah, no, it was it was you. You're exactly right. Um, it takes one glance and you know exactly what those watches are. Um, maybe if you're not in too much into your indies, you might take a little bit to figure it out. Um, but yeah, Rolex stick with the the solid case back, um, and I don't think they'll they'll change it. Which in, in some ways people you know, people ask like, oh, why don't do they? Why don't they do it? But I reckon just leave it as it is. It's it's just less yeah. is more. Yeah, why would they? Um, uh, more and more, I'm I'm thinking that the closed case back is is the way to go, unless um, you've got something worth showing off. Um, so maybe with the, the ETA counterparts, it's not worth it until you've got a tri-synchron gold rotor, which definitely won the third part of this challenge. Um, <laughs> <laughs> only then, or you, you know, you've got your Lange, you've got your JLCs, then then you go, okay, that's that's worth showing off. Yeah, um, I totally agree with this. Totally, because a really nice steel case back can be 10 times better than a, than a base movement. Um, yeah. I'm not a massive fan. Even my Stover, um, it, it does have a decorated hand wound movement, but I chose to get a solid case back because I think it's one of those things that I know what they look like. And, and I'll be really honest here. I'm, I'm a, not a fan of the ETA automatic rotors, uh, even the Salida SW 200 and 300 as well. I just think they, they're just not, right for some reason they just don't sing to me at all and i'd I'd much rather i know what they look like i don't need to see it all the time um and i'd rather have a, a solid case back with either some something written on there or just plain stainless steel um but yeah cool i, I think yes. that is i think that is part of us being in the hobby 
for longer than yes. people just starting there. Because I remember at the start, I was like, oh, I want to see it's mechanical. God damn it. Let me see it. Let me see what's happening there. Um, but then now uh, you, you kind of, you understand and you know, you're familiar yourself with movements. So you go, okay, uh, time to close it up. So yeah, whatever, cool. whatever floats your boat. All right, Benoit, what about you? Someone to go follow. Okay. Yeah, so it's a good Instagram friend of mine, which is called Eric, and his Instagram handle is elegant in Paris, all in one word. So elegant, E-L-E-G-A-N-T, in Paris, all attached. And just a really nice guy. I often chat with him. There's watches. There's also museums, art, design, and a little fashion. And uh, even if it might seem a little austere at first, he's a really, really cool guy, very fun guy to talk to. And uh, he has a nice collection with uh, lots of vintage and a few non-vintage pieces, I think. And uh, just a great feed, great person, and some nice pictures, a very nice ambiance to to his stories and to his pictures. And you get kind of a Parisian vibe uh, out of this account, but uh, all, all... only the good stuff from Paris, and I really like it. Good, that's a good one. I like it, and he's got nice, uh, nice structure to his pictures with borders as well, which uh, I always appreciate. People that put effort into this stuff, because I certainly don't. <laughs> All right, thank you. That's a great one, Vinny. Okie Dirk. So my recommendation is one free soul, um, being the S being a five. So one O N E free. F R E five O L E. Um amazing photos, amazing watches. Um some some I'm very jealous of. Um and yeah, only a thousand followers. Uh so I guess he's starting out because the quality of photos is just insane. Um really nice, yeah, very moody. Great shots. Yeah, and he's he's got that tribute to Reverso in the blue dial, which I'm absolutely fawning over at the moment. So yeah. And that nice El Primero yeah, too. A384. It's a fat watch. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. So that's my recommendation. Right. Yeah, beautiful photo. Great recommendation. Yeah. Nice account, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, let's uh, get the community behind him and go show him some love for the, the time and effort that he's putting into his, uh, his profile. Well, gentlemen, that was a lot of fun. Um, and I always say that these battles are a lot of fun, um, but this one in particular, because I think it, it had a very different sort of background to it and the, the way that we had to go out and choose these watches, specifically with ETA movements. Um, so thank you both for that. Uh, for that. It was a lot, a lot of fun. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you. Yeah, brilliant. I loved it. Thanks a lot. Very good. All right. Head over to um, uh, go follow Benoit at Petite Secondes. Is that how you say it or is it Petite Secondes? Petite Secondes. Yeah, petite Secondes. Okay. Um, and uh, tell your time, <laughs> Vinny, uh, as well, and defining time for myself. And, and make sure you go and, and like and subscribe to the podcast. And uh, please review one of your watches. As I said before, it it is a lot of fun. And I know that people listening to the show, hopefully people, um, you know, we're getting a lot of people contribute, which is absolutely amazing. Um, There's some new um, sort of things with the, once you do your first first review, then it opens up to be able to do some more characters and more pictures and all sorts of stuff. So please jump on and tell us about your watches. And I think as well with the reviews, like we've said in the past, that the, the spe- um, specifications of watches are everywhere. 
Uh, and really the reviews that, that we're looking for, yes, they're going to have some specs in them because that's part of the review, but also the stories um, are really fascinating to listen to or to read and also how it wears and things like that. So, you know, be, be descriptive with your reviews um, so that, you know, people get a real essence of what you're trying to say about that watch. Uh, and in turn, you may help someone buy the watch or maybe they figure out, hey, that's not for me and they go off and look for something else. Um, so as part of this community, by doing that, you are making a difference to the community um, at large all over the world. So thank you for what those that have done it and thank you for the ones that are going to do it in the future. All right, let's uh, wrap it up there. Thank you, gentlemen. That was a lot of fun. Uh, hope you enjoy. Cheers, enjoy guys. the rest of your vacation, Benoit. Vinny, stay at home thanks guys um and uh yeah i don't know what i'm doing this weekend but it's friday night i think the whiskey's going to my head so happy day <laughs> all right thank you gentlemen <laughs> to everyone else stay on time is by the community for the community. We would love you to join the crew via our group chat on Slack. Email us at contact at fifthwrist.com and join the movement.